Hey everybody, welcome back to Lenny's Cast. I'm your host Matt, and I'm Tyler. Yes, he so. is. Yeah, he is Tyler. I'm I'm pretty sure. Uh, and unless he's not Tyler, in which case, uh, we need to find the real Tyler because this is a very good imitation. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying he's got, got the whole doppelganger, doppelganger thing going down pretty good. If, if so, anyways, um, what a way to I've stop. I've worked very start. hard on this deep fake. Yeah, <laughs> really, not Tyler. Actually, Luke Smith. I'm just saying it's just Luke Smith over there. He, he's got it going, and he's obviously you know he's Luke Smith because of all the uh, various fruit related um, products around him. <laughs> yes, yes, and and uh, uh, in typical Luke Smith fashion, we're going to focus the majority of this podcast on religious debates and topics. Um, and so now that I've ran off most of the listeners, let's do the intro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so this is the Linux cast. We talk about Linuxy things. Just to alert you to the schedule, this is the last episode of the year. This is it. If you don't, it, it's just. I mean, the end of the year is like tomorrow. It's like it feels like it's tomorrow, but really it's not. But uh, next week is like Christmas. I mean, it's like two days before Christmas, a week from today, um, and then after that is New Year's. So we're taking the next two weeks off. We'll be back the first week of January uh, with Season 7 of the Linux Cast. So uh, for those of you who do watch live or are actually watch this after the fact, there won't be episodes in the next two weeks. So, um, yeah, just wanted to let everybody know that. So, Tyler, what have you been up to this week, my friend? Well, um. I don't know exactly why, but my back's been killing me like really bad here lately. So I've been like pretty much just laid up, like not really doing very much. And also just because of the way my back's been hurting, I haven't really been able to sit at a computer because I've been having to focus on like my posture and doing a whole bunch of stuff. So I've been catching up a lot on TV shows, but I have been messing around on the iPad I've got. Uh, with ISH and what that is, is kind of like, it's a Alpine Linux, essentially virtual machine. That's just like inside of an app uh, that you can run on your iPad. And it's actually really, really cool. So I've been like, just messing around with it. Like uh, I installed rust, messed around with some cargo packages. Um, I, I've just been doing small stuff with it, but it's been a lot of fun. Like you can install pretty much anything inside of it. It's actually pretty like responsive, like especially for a virtual machine. Um, assuming you do have like a newer tablet to run it on or a newer phone. It's really fast. So you can, I mean, you can also install on your iPhone. I don't have it installed on my iPhone, but you can. So it's just like a, it's a really cool, like portable virtual, like Linux virtual machine for, like iOS or iPad OS like devices. It's pretty cool. Been messing around with it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much mainly what I've been doing um, other than work, which has just been boring. So yeah. What you been up to, man? All right. So I have a couple things that I need to talk about. So the first one is I've been work. I too have been learning about virtual machines and you know, I've been using virtual machines for a long time, but I've been working on some tutorials for the channel and I needed to learn how to do UEFI in a virtual machine, which I'd never done before. So I've learned how to do that. Turns out it's just a you know a drop down in Vert Manager, not hard at all. Uh, I thought it was gonna be like, ooh, it's gonna be super difficult. And then I, 
I Google it and like, no, it's not too difficult at all. And then I've been learning how to do ButterFS on uh, Ubuntu because that's going to be a video that I'm going to be doing. So I, I'm just going to talk about this because it, it needs to be talked about. So I've been promising a ButterFS video for literally forever, like six, seven months. I've been talking about ButterFS. And I've wanted to do a video, like I wanted to do an overall tutorial video on how to use ButterFS. But the problem is, is that every distro does it different, uh, slightly different. Some of them are pretty much the same. If you're using Debian and Ubuntu, the process is mostly the same. But if you use Arch or uh, Fedora, they're different. So yeah, sometimes you have to deal with weird sub-volumes. Like if you use Fedora, Fedora doesn't use the traditional sub-volume layout. If you install it, it uses ButterFS by default, but doesn't use it It doesn't use home and at and stuff for your sub-volume. So it's a mess. So the overarching ButterFS video that I've been promising is not going to happen. It's just, it's been canceled. Instead, what I'm going to do is do separate ButterFS videos for different distros. So Ubuntu is going to be the first one. Uh, I chose Ubuntu simply because other people have done Debian, so I decided to do Ubuntu. Um, That'll come out sometime this later, like in the next week or so, I think. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been working on there. But the other thing I wanted to talk about is I was having phone problems. So I haven't had a brand new phone since the iPhone 6. So it's been a while. I've bought other phones, but they've all been used. And uh, so when you buy a used phone, you risk getting a phone that has a, just a crappy battery in it. So the last phone that I bought was probably uh, an early this year. I bought a Galaxy S21 Plus, and it's a good phone, but the battery did not end up lasting worth a damn. So by the time I got to this point here, I was using it in the last few weeks, and I had to charge it for four or five times a day. It just was not, you know... Ooh. You know, it, it would almost immediately go to like 50% and then it would just go down from there. It would last a couple hours and I'd have to charge it. So I needed a different device. I looked into used. I decided I was going to get a, 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 at this time, I just, you know, I'm going to get a new phone. I haven't had a brand new one in a while. So I went with the OnePlus 10 Pro. I had that for a few days and it had some serious software problems. Like there's OnePlus software is just, it's garbage now. Um, so I sent that back and ended up with the Pixel 7 Pro. I'm showing this on camera now. And uh, yeah, I love this phone. It's fantastic. It's um, one of the things that I always have a problem with a lot of Android phones is they eschew wider screens for really tall screens. Like they have the wider, taller aspect ratio. Uh, this one is also a very tall phone, but it's also just a little bit wider than the majority of the rest of the Android phones that I've had recently. And I like that because I have big man paws. Um, you know, so I like to have a phone that it feels like an actual phone and not like something that I'm going to squeeze too hard and break in half. Um, obviously that's never happened. I'm not that strong, but you know, it feels like it when you have a, like a mini like candy bar in your, your, your hand, it just feels fragile. So um, yeah, I went with the Pixel 7 Pro. It's a fantastic size. The software is amazing. It does have some really weird touch response issues that Google has apparently had f forever. But yeah, it's a, it's a good phone. And uh, I'm glad I went new. So this, this should last me a couple of years, I think. Um, and somebody in the, in the chat asked me what laptop I bought. I bought a used uh, XPS 13 from... Uh, the eighth generation in, uh, Intel line. Yeah, so that should be here on Monday. 
I haven't got it yet. But yeah, I bought that from eBay. It should be fun. I don't, when it comes to laptops, I don't care about battery life. That's going to stay plugged in all the time anyway. So I don't mind buying used. Anyways, that, yeah. So I've been on a little bit of yeah, a buy. Well, and also the XPS line is a really good line. So I'm pretty sure a used one of those is not, plus you're not going to have really a problem with yeah. it. Plus if you had to, you could replace the battery in that. Replacing a battery in a phone is yeah. not easy. <laughs> Um, so yeah I well, and also it it depends on how you use a laptop because if we're being honest there's many people who like really don't use a laptop like as a really all that much of a portable de- device it's mainly like they just take it to another place that's near a plug and plug it in and sit down with it yeah like it pretty much never really runs off battery that's basically like, that's how gonna, a lot of my family members are basically gonna so. maybe the only time the battery will, be, will matter is when the lights go out like the electricity goes out and then yeah. i'll then i'll say like oh why is this battery so horrible <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i guess that's the only time that i would ever use the battery but um other times it's gonna like i sit next to a plug i don't mind cords uh it's fine um but it made me think like why why hasn't somebody made a wireless charging like dock for your laptop like you could just set it on there and it would wirelessly charge with no cords but I don't that know. is a good point like no, no, like that is actually a really good point you bring up like why has there's no manufacturer that's done that for laptops well, the, the reason like, the reason why it has to be is because there's no wireless uh, coil that can deliver 100 watts as far as I know well yeah. But, I mean, even if it's just, like, a slower charge for, like, you know, like, uh, having, like, a mat where you, like, you set it on your desk. So, like, when you're using your laptop on your desk, it's constantly charging. And, like... It just stays wherever uh, it's at. Like, it never's going to go yeah. up, but it just stays where it's ever. It just has enough power to run it. Um, yeah. Like, I, like or if, you know, you're, it's, it's in standby mode, it'll at least, like, ch- charge. At the very least, like, a decent drip charge. Like... I don't know. Like, I, I, I get the reason why we don't have a full-powered one, but at the very least, like, you know, some type of desk stand or whatever that comes with your laptop, that'd be pretty freaking nice. Yeah, like... And I mean, we're, we're lot, already at the point where we spend so much on laptops. Like, come on. Right. Give us the goodies. A lot of people will put them on, like, a laptop stand and then they use it with a monitor. Imagine not having to have an extra no. cord. It just sits there and it charges. You know, and then you don't have to take no. up one of your USB-C ports to charge the damn thing. So... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, ch- I I chose the XPS b- over the ThinkPad 5 Pro um, for one reason, one reason only. The XPS does not have a, a numpad, and I can't stand a numpad on a, on a laptop. I guess it's a complete and utter waste of space. Now, we want to talk about bloat. That is bloat. <laughs> Uh, I, I can't stand it. Like I understand, I understand people want them, but I want an option without. Like you can't find other than Apple and Dell a laptop that is 15 inches that doesn't have a, a numpad now. Like you can't find it. Like everyone's. I mean, I say you can't find it, but there's like it's very, very rare. It's like a. It's just you can't find it widely available. Most laptops that are 15 inches or you know bigger have a numpad, and I don't. I use a 75% keyboard for a reason. I don't need that extra stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I ain't got a lot of space here, guys. Well, and I mean, if we are also being honest, when it comes to trying to get a laptop in that kind of size without a numpad, normally the reason it doesn't have a numpad is that's one of the areas that they skimped. And if they're going to skimp on just the keyboard aspect, like an aspect where literally every user is going to be using it 
constantly with the device, they've skimped in other places mm-hmm. where they really shouldn't have. Like, yeah, at least a majority of the time. Like, well, we'll it see. Depends, though, we'll, we'll we'll end up seeing how that XPS is. It should. It's It's a very good line, so it should be fine. No. Oh, excuse me. All right, so moving on to the contact information, which is a section that I always end up, me- you know, messing up because I-, I don't have it written down properly. To be honest with you, we the the template that we've been using for I don't know two years is not in a proper order for me to actually read this out to it. So I never read it out in the same way twice. That's the reason why. All right. So if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so in any number of ways. The best way is probably email, email at linuxcast.org. I do get your email uh, emails if you email them to me. I get them and read them almost immediately. I never reply to them because I'm a horrible, horrible person. I, I just, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm bad at replying to emails, uh, but I do see them and maybe eventually someday we'll do some reading of emails out on the podcast. Maybe that's a, something that we can do. So email at linuxcast.org is the email address. You can find all of our other contact information, including uh, Mastodon, uh, Odyssey, all that stuff at the linuxcast.org slash contact. And speaking of the linuxcast.org, you can head over there. You'll find all of our latest episodes along with all the blog posts that I do. So those are all there on the website. And uh, Tyler is also online. I don't know why I even bother saying this because the boy just does not know how to make a YouTube video. I swear to God. Yep. He's forgotten how to yep. edit or something. Maybe maybe he's just can't figure out how to – I'm assuming because of all the Apple stuff he's bought, he just can't afford to buy Premiere or uh, whatever the Apple one is. Final <laughs> Cut. You know, you just can't afford to get those because they're really expensive. So maybe that's the reason why stop, you can't use a. Stop telling the truth, man. Just, <laughs> maybe, just cut it out. But anyways, <laughs> if you if you wanted to if you want to subscribe to a YouTube channel that doesn't make any YouTube videos, YouTube.com/slash/zanyog. Yep. Um, and I'm gonna keep dogging on him until he makes a freaking YouTube video. I don't like, like seriously, man. What the hell's wrong with you? Go make a YouTube video, even if it's on Apple. Go hey. do it. Um. <laughs> anyways. Uh, you can subscribe to the Linux Cast on YouTube at YouTube.com/LinuxCast. I truly appreciate everybody who does. Uh, so, so, uh, but this is where I always get problems. Subscribe. Words. Fucking hard. Okay. YouTube.com/LinuxCast. Subscribe if you enjoy this stuff at all. I do appreciate it. And that is it. Uh, you. Um, oh, Patreon.com/LinuxCast if you want to support me uh, through, you know, dollars. Okay. So, moving on to the main part of the show where we discuss the latest, breaking, most awesome news relating to Linux, open source, and anything else really that catches our, our, our fancy. Uh, we've become CNN is basically what we're saying, or Fox News, if, you, if you're, you know, whichever way you want to go. Um, we've become, we're going to become a 24-hour news network, so that's going to be the, the thing in the, in the, in the, yep. in the, in the new year. That's what we'll do, is we'll just... Around the clock, Tyler and I will sit here in front of our computers and talk about the latest breaking Linux news. Um, but nobody's going to watch exactly it. exactly what's happening. <laughs> we're, we're, we're really going to be like CNN because nobody's going to be watching that stuff. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nope. yeah. Um, anyways, so Tyler, your first link of the week. Mine is, so apparently there is a big effort going on to kill Google Maps, which... Is kind of interesting. So um, let, let me get the full list of the companies here in this article. Um, apparently, it's um, Meta, Microsoft, Amazon Web Services, and TomTom 
are all getting together with the Linux Foundation to try and like create a data set that developers can use to build navigation programs that will rival Google Maps, which I think is an admirable um, goal. I think this is something that we should probably do. However, um, I just... I just don't know. Like, yeah, there are some big names behind here, but like, if we're being honest, Microsoft is kind of shit in the navigation department. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't who, like, who, look. Amazon's who really good at getting. Who, Wait, yeah, go ahead. Who knew that TomTom Tom even still existed? I mean, I thought that that was exactly. from like the, the fifth, the, like the the nineteen nineties. I mean, I knew Garmin was still around, but they've moved to smartwatches. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, like. I don't know that Tom Tom is like really all that relevant, but like, like I don't I don't understand what Meta's bringing to the table other than just sheer money. Like I don't I don't see how Meta being involved. Like also, can we just like stop for a second and go like, okay, look, yes, Google Maps is kind of egregious in its data collection, and yes, it's very the mainstream, like it's what everyone uses, at least the majority of people use it, or at least use something that relies on it. So yeah, that that's something to fight against. But like when meta is the one who's like going to be the competition, can we just like not like we are, can can we just stay with the devil? We know. Yeah. I mean, at least it's going to be open, but first of all, all so there's a couple things here. First, it's the Linux Foundation, so how open is it really going to be? Um, second point. of all, this already exists, right? It's called OpenStreetMaps. They've been around for a long time. Uh, it's it's truly open. You can, I mean, you can, you can download their application and contribute to the maps all you want. I mean, you can. There's many different ways you can contribute. You don't have to have one of those crazy things that sits on your car, like a, like a street maps thing that you see every once in a while going down the road. Um, it exists. OpenStreetMaps is here. Why? This is this is so Linux, okay? This is so yeah. open source. We have something that works that has been working around for a long time, but we don't use it. So let's create something new. Um, it's the package manager thing all over again. Let's create a new package manager. Let's create a new installer. You know, all yeah. those other installers, like, not they, just, they work. But Why not just contribute to OpenStreetMaps? Yeah, like, yeah. why not? Why? Do you know how much like, good they could have done with Open... Like, hey, OpenStreetMaps, how would you like $10 billion? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, also, the kind of... The kind of odd part about it is, like, pretty much, from what I can tell from their goals that they've laid out, especially here in this article, it seems like they want to build a data set that software like OpenStreetMaps pulls from. So, but if I'm OpenStreetMaps, it's like, like, fuck y'all. We already have our data set. You know, <laughs> like we've been doing yeah. this for 10 years, 15 years, however long it's been. Um, so, I mean, that what, what, this existed they could have just but the reason why i'm guessing here this is just 100 percent conjecture but the reason why they're creating something new is because they want the linux foundation is controlled by corporations we all know this it's just facts i mean the biggest contributor to the linux foundation is microsoft and google so um 
that's just the way it is. So the reason why they decided to do it this way, the Linux Foundation wanted control over whatever they created. They wouldn't have that control if they just contributed to OpenStreetMaps because somebody else controls that. So uh, this is all about who controls the data as you know Google does. They want the same control over the data. Even if it is open, they still want the control. And that's the reason why I'm guessing that this is something that is simple you know um separate new and um i i do also want to point out that it's it is very like just it's an odd little detail but something worth mentioning that they don't mention tom tom's like relevance until the last article like the last paragraph of the article where they go they state though tom tom's market share has seriously depleted since highs in 2008 um, the company has survived against Google Maps with deals in countries where the top performing app wasn't available. <laughs> okay, so like they save that. Until the last. I don't. I don't know if anybody's actually ever used TomTom Tom recently, um, and I and I don't know. I don't know if this is still the case, but back in 2008, if you wanted to use TomTom, Tom, you download the app. The application was free, but if you wanted an, an a map, you'd have to pay for it per map. It'd be like going and buying an atlas, you know, and it wasn't cheap. Yeah. If I remember, it was like 50 bucks. If you wanted a map of Chicago, it was like $50 and yeah. you don't just like get the whole world. Like, and that's the reason why Google, not even state, like, let's make that clear. Like most likely you wouldn't even, if you're in the U S you didn't get like a whole state. No, map. you like normally well, it was like a local region. It was a city because the, the map files were huge. I mean, like I'm talking about gigabytes and stuff. Sometimes you wouldn't even be able to get. Because you you download them to your phone and it'd be offline and, and it'd be cool, but the idea behind it, because basically that's all that there was. Google Maps was just really in its infancy and it wasn't very good yet, um, and it was just available at least at that time. I think just you know in the major com- countries. And now it's available everywhere. It's free. It's really, I mean, say what you will about Google, but it's really good. Um, if you want to get somewhere, you use Google Maps. I mean, it used to. Kids, back in the day, if you wanted GPS in your car, you'd have to buy one of these really expensive three or four hundred dollar navigation units that you'd stick to your windshield. Half the time they wouldn't stick because your windshield is dirty when you put it up there and they'd fall off halfway through the trip and it'd be horrible. And of course, because they're, you know got to remember back then it was really, 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 really bad connectivity. So you probably weren't going to have a cellular connection to that thing. It's very unlikely that you did. So you'd have to download all of the maps that you wanted to use onto the device before you left. And if you didn't and you went off somewhere where the map didn't cover, well, you were screwed. Um, Because despite the fact that the thing has GPS, it didn't have the map data on it. You had to download it. Um, so yeah, that was back in the day. And then Google maps comes along and say, here, Hey, we've mapped the whole world, have it for free. All we're going to do is take all of your data and your soul. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I I remember the pain back in the day of having to help my grandmother load up maps onto her GPS. That was, those were, those were bad days. Um, Josh says he still uses Tom, Tom, you're probably the only one, bro. I'm just, I'm just guessing. Um, well, I mean, he brings up a point like it, 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 it supports like finding out which roads and bridges and stuff like a big, like a big, like 18 wheeler can't pass under. Um, so like there are like certain industrial, like 
businesses that make use of other things other than like just straight up Google Maps. But that doesn't mean that they can't easily be replaced by Google Maps. Like if we're being honest. Well, yeah, so, all Google has to do is add those features, right? And eventually, maybe they which will. Which I'm, I'm, I am sure there is like a, like a deal that you can get with Google where they include that, like as some enterprise feature or some yeah. BS. Like yeah. I'm sure. I, I mean, look at all the things that they've added. They've added walking routes and bike routes and all this stuff. And those, yeah. those features have killed all a, a ton of applications that did those things. So, um, yep. but back to the story. OpenStreetMaps is what should have happened here. Like they, they literally should have just taken the money and given it to OpenStreetMaps, and they would. I mean, it would have been good. Um, oh, I'm sure OpenStreetMaps. Well, it would have accomplished the same thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, because <laughs> like, this already existed, and it, it could have used the support. I'm sure they would have been happy with how many. I don't know if this article ever said they may not even be putting any money into it at all. They just maybe they just created the Overture Maps Foundation. First of all, as usual, stupid name. Um, but you know, <laughs> you know, they could just take whatever money they're going to put into this and then put it into that and it would have been good, but they, they didn't. So yeah. Welcome to open source folks. Um, when, when the, corp- yep. when the corporations get involved, things get stupid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like it's just, to me, I find it so ironic that like people see Google maps as an issue, which I don't like, I'm not saying I find that funny, but the idea that meta and Microsoft should be the ones to fund the fix to it is just like, what? <laughs> like, well, I mean, that we'll, seems so bad. Like we'll gladly take their money to do this, but why put it in the places they put it? It doesn't matter. Also, Nate picked, well, makes a good, but also, Oh wait, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, he, he talked about, uh, p- putting maps when you had dial-up inter- internet on your GPS and it took forever. Oh <laughs> yeah. That's the reason why you could buy little. I, I, I. Not, they weren't SD cards at the time. They were something else. Like they're probably. They're yeah, so, I know what you're talking about. You, you could literally yeah. buy maps on like digital storage cards at like Barnes and Noble. Yeah, and you just. Sl- and you just yeah, slide you just them, them in. in. <laughs> It was like it was like buying a a, a cartridge for your Game Boy. <laughs> Life used to be so obtuse. Like if we're being honest, like I don't think people realize just how easy we have it nowadays. Like it's pretty nice. Yeah. Um. For, for those of you guys that don't know, Barnes and Noble bookstore books these things they printed on paper. You know, just follow. Them I totally out. forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> people might not know what it is now. <laughs> okay. Um. What were you gonna say? Or did you? Oh. Um. So. Uh. Well, I was just gonna finish it off with. I think it's. It. One of the things is is like. Even though you might be fine with Meta and like Microsoft's money coming in, there is a. With any amount of like cash especially large amount of cash there's going to be some level of oversight and yeah i just i i'm i'm surprised that anyone who would be upset with google and their treatment of data would be like meta yeah microsoft those are the guys to also do better well like i, I don't i don't my perspective on corporate interaction with open source stuff has always been different than everybody else's simply because i i know that without Microsoft and Google and Facebook and whatever funding a lot of projects in open source Linux won't be where it is right now. I mean, Linus Torvalds gets paid by the Linux Foundation and he 
you know, that's where he makes his money now. Now, granted, he got paid mostly by stock options back in the 90s, so that's where he made most of his money. But since then, he's been getting paid by the Linux Foundation. So um, I'm assuming he probably doesn't want to work for free, and because Linux users themselves aren't going to pay for shit, um, somebody has to, you know. And so, I mean, that's my my yeah. uh, thoughts on that. Yes, Microsoft and, and Meta and whatever, uh, probably not the uh, least evil people we could have paying for this, but... Um, it's better than nothing. I don't know. Um, maybe I'm just a, a corporatist at heart. I don't like, like you're the Apple user here, no, man. <laughs> no, like, look, I do agree with you. I, it, it is better than nothing. It's just, I, I don't know. It's like, it's better than nothing, but at the same time, like there, there has to come a point where it's, it, it has to make sense for you to get the money, I guess. Like, cause I mean, if you think about it like this, if we have corporations and like massive companies coming in to donate and like give money to these projects and nothing really happens with them, just, just out of the sheer amount that there's already like seven different. Cause I mean, if we're thinking like, if we're being honest about this whole topic, um, a Google Maps competitor, there's when it comes to open source, there's already like eight different competitors. There's probably only two that actually are worth their like weight and anything. But still, there's already competitors coming in. And if you're dumping all this money in, you're not really seeing that much innovation that you can really apply in, inside of your own company. They'll eventually stop doing it. So like to me, I'm like, if we're going to have corporate investment come into the Linux space, it does need to be on things that actually push like not just Linux, but open source in general forward. Mm -hmm. And I don't think another project that's competing with another open source project that's already been around for like a decade plus, it really makes any sense. Like, yeah, um, I, 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 I don't, I don't see it as a long-term benefit to the Linux community. The whole creating something new, is not a corporate problem. That's just an open source thing that goes on. And over. I mean, we, we know this, right? I mean, yeah. Like, no. let, yeah. let's make another installer. Let's make another package manager. Let's make another browser. You know, you name it. Someone didn't like the way something was going and they went and made something else. That's just the way of open source. And that that's part of, I think that's part of the reason why they're doing it. But other than that, you're right. It's, it's about control and uh, data and uh, influence and all that stuff. So, all right. But... Moving on. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one. My first link of the week is something uh, dear to my heart, and that is tiling window managers. It's awesome. Tile, if you should use tile, you should definitely use a tiling window manager. Um, if you don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. I'm just, <laughs> I'm not judgy at all. You should just definitely use one. Anyways, uh, the the KDE folks are working on built-in default custom tiling for KDE Plasma. And um, it's uh, – I'm not sure if this is actually out yet or if this is something that they're working on. But there's there have been KWIN scripts that do this for a long time. And they've been varying levels of good and bad. So some of them were just god-awful uh, and just broke everything. Uh, Bismuth was actually really good. That's the most popular one as of right now. Um they say that the features in its infancy and not designed to completely replicate the workflow of a tiling window manager, which is disappointing because it definitely should. Um, but they expect it to grow in advance over time. And there's also there's well, they, the good lord, man. 
Seriously. I'm right there with you, man. Thank I'm goodness right this is the you. last episode of the year because I've lost all the ability to talk. Um, words are freaking like. I, I, I like that you're doing most of the talking, okay? <laughs> you're saving me a lot of embarrassment right now. A- anyways, they're um, they're creating some. Well, I've completely lost the train of my train of train of my thought. Yeah. Anyways, tiling <laughs> tiling functionality inside of KDE by default it's going to be a setting, obviously, that you can turn on and off. I'm assuming it's probably not going to be de- you know like on by default. But it will allow, it'll ha- they'll have custom key bindings that are already set up for it, built in inside of the actual uh, shortcuts panel, and they'll have the ability to choose how uh, uh, what bindings are for you know like moving windows and stuff around. So it'll be interesting to see how this is actually. Gonna, I haven't tried any of it yet. I'm not like I'm not sure. I, I'm pretty sure. Oh, they're releasing in 5.27, so this will be out before Plasma 6. So that's nice. Um, I will say this though, Plasma, ease off on the new features. Like I, I love this feature; it's fantastic. But man, fix some bugs, would you? <laughs> would you please? Yeah, like I, I, I do like that they do have a whole section like talking about some very significant bug fixes that they fixed. Like that is good. That is good. Um, like, like look, like. Let's just let's give them credit where credits due. They fixed seven high priority plasma bugs, oh, they de- forty-seven to fifteen minute plasma bugs, and hundred and sixty-six KDE bugs. I, I know. So I, I I always rag on like, them for not fixing bugs. They do definitely fix bugs. I'm, yeah, I, I know. But their this. settings is still garbage. <laughs> but, guys, I like that. I just upset like I upset like fifteen people. No, this no, I. I even plasma fans agree with you that the the settings panel is a mess. Like they, they know it is. Like the, the the developers admit to it that that, that it's it, that it's not as good as it could be and that they're working on it. Um but I and I I don't know if this idea just hasn't occurred to them. Uh one guy just said that it's not possible, um which I don't begin to understand. But apparently, I mean here's the, here's the thing. Your your settings panel is a mess. Stop adding to it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, 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 if your closet is packed full so much that if you open the door, it you know comes out and hits you in the head, maybe don't keep adding to it. Um, I'm just uh, just for like a little bit. Like you just find a way to organize it before you put more shit in. Like it's it's totally fine. Like to keep adding more stuff. Just like for a short, a very short period of time, take a break, organize. And then get back to adding stuff. Like, well, I'm just waiting for the KDE and Plasma like update where they're like, "Look, guys, settings completely redesigned." That's the one where I'm gonna be like, "Oh shit, let's see what KDE has to offer." Like, yeah, that's a big one. Like, that's that's really just it's one of those things that you don't really think about it that much when you're actually using KDE, but once you open up the settings and there's like an obscure thing that you're looking for or whatever. Like that's where it gets like really annoying. Cause either the search functionality, like it has to work or else you're just screwed. Well, okay. So <laughs> the, the, the thing about search in set in the plasma settings, isn't that it's bad. It's that it requires the user to have knowledge of what to search for. Like if you don't know yes. what to search for, you can't find it. Like the search functionality in the plasma settings is actually really good, but you can't, you can't just say 
something very vague in general of what you want to do and have it you you know expected yeah. to find it you have to have a very a good idea of what you need to find in order to actually find it and if you already know what you need to find chances are you'll be able to find it without the search so um you know it's and i feel like it would be i feel like this is something good to point out i feel like it would be a much bigger ask to have them try and make it to where like generalized searches are much more likely to find you the setting you're looking for in the settings app than it would be to just reorganize everything in a more, I don't know. Tyler, like, all they need to do is integrate Google search and it'll be fine. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I was totally expecting something else. <laughs> That's all they need to do. Like Google search like is it, fantastic. Though. Just put some Google search in there. I, I, I and Dude, like add a sprinkle of some Amazon in there. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> okay, we, we went off on that. Uh, tiling and KDE Plasma, it's going to be awesome. Uh, probably we'll still just use a Tiling Window Manager, but uh, still, if you if it, it will allow people who need the Plasma stuff and the Plasma settings and stuff to experience proper tiling, and that's a good thing. So, Tyler, moving on to the next one. Mine would be, uh, or my second one would be the first look at Ubuntu's 2304's new installer mm -hmm. written in their Flutter thing. I'm doing a, a video on this in a couple days, so this should be should be very interesting. I I am glad to hear it because I I will be very excited to see what you what you think of it. Um, I mean it like like look if we're being honest on the surface, nothing's really changed. Like. Yeah, like there's some slight improvements to like just the layout of things. It, it like it looks much cleaner. Um, I maybe the newest thing would be the dark mode or, or light mode switcher, but I'm not uh, sure animations. About that like it has animations now. Well, I mean, if we're gonna be completely honest, as far as I know, the one before it had animations. I mean, they weren't good, but. I'm pretty sure it had like the, you know, like sliding animation or like whatever, but yeah, look, it seems nice, but I don't think it's going to be something that really, in all honesty, is something that people needed. It's just, I, I feel like it's, this is probably a change that's going to make it easier for them to build on to the installer or, yeah. or even the community at large this build onto it. This has to the reason why they did this has to be for development purposes. It has to be. Yeah. This was this was yeah. this was not done because the old one was bad from a of a, from a client perspective, from from a user perspective. Yeah. Um yeah, because I mean there's there's they, realistically not many changes. They look almost identical. Like I'm showing I'm showing a, yeah. a page of it right now for the updates and other software. It looks literally exactly the same. Um no. Not I mean, not a speck of difference. So, and, and that's fine. You can redo something to make it easier to develop. That's perfectly. I mean, if that's the reason why they've done this, it, you know, that's you know, fine and dandy. I mean, that's one of the reasons why they've moved from Xorg to Wayland, right? They're, you know, Wayland's easier to develop. Okay, fine. Um, it's just, you know, what colors? Well, what what feels really weird to me, Tyler, about all, all this thing is, is that it took them two years. Like this thing took them two yeah. years. Like we, it's almost two years to the day that they announced that they're going to do a new in, installer, 
And it took him two years. Like, we were expecting this to happen before the last LTS. And it wasn't ready yet. No. Uh, and then it didn't come out in the either of the two interim releases between the LTS and now. Um, so it, it was just... It's just... Maybe it was one interim release. But still, it just feels like there has to be something that went off in the background that caused them to kind of hit a delay on this for some reason. And it'd be interesting no. to know what that was. But also, what about this makes it easier to... Because that has to be the thing. Like This has to be easier to... Uh, either that or... Either that or they just, like, they really, really liked Flutter. And, like, you know what? Let's rewrite, re- rewrite it in Flutter, <laughs> you know, as, like, a side yeah. project, you know? Um, like, I'm I'm with you because I, I, I feel like the, this came out, like, came out of a decision to make Flutter allows them to do something or at least gives them more options to do things down the road than they currently have. But, so, I mean, it to me, it's it is it is a little crazy that this took two years to get essentially the same installer. Yeah. So here's the thing is like Fedora is redoing their installer too. the Anaconda. They're redoing the Anaconda installer, which is like about damn time. Uh, I, I did a video on it and you can tell they're putting work in it. That thing looks completely different. You know, it's also very, very simple. Right. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to be the guy who says, well, if you're going to create something new, it has to be completely different. Um, so I don't want to be like, cause, cause there are good, there or there can be good underlying development reasons to do something that make, that looks exactly the same. So I'd love uh, be interested to yeah. find out what those are. Um, so one thing I want to ask, do you get the sense that the chat just completely ignores us and talks amongst themselves? <laughs> I, Sometimes. I'm pretty sure Sometimes. they've been having a Microsoft or a Linux versus Apple conversation this entire time. <laughs> and they're not paying <laughs> a, attention to a word we say. <laughs> um, so. Let the Apple war rage on. I don't think it really matters. I mean, like, to, to me, like, I don't know, like, a lot of people, like, if we're being honest, like, a lot of people dual boot their Macs with Linux anyway. Like, I feel like Apple is one of those weird ones where it's weird that so many people want to fight about it. Cause I know a lot of people that have MacBooks with Linux and just Mac OS on it. Like a lot of people, uh, much more than people who have like windows laptops. Like most of them just stick on it. They don't want to install anything else on it. I rag on, unless you're one of my family members, <laughs> I, I, then, then your laptop runs the door. I I rag on people who use Windows and Mac all the time, but really, at the end of the day, just use whatever you need to use and just let me use what I want to use. And that's really all I care about. Yeah. Um, I, well, I think that's a problem that we run into a lot, especially in the Linux community. There's there's us um, – I, I don't know of a more, like, better way to put it, but, like, sane people who, like, when we joke – like, or when we're talking about somebody who uses something like Windows or Mac, like, we're really just joking about it. And then there are those literal insane people who are like, if you use Windows or a Mac, like, you're Satan spawn, like, you're evil, you're completely corrupt. Like, it's just like, whoa. You, you, chill. You use <laughs> chill. a Mac, you're obviously a soci- socialist or a communist or a fascist <laughs> or um, a Maoist. Fascist. I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. I actually heard that, like, I think it was the day before yesterday. So someone said that someone using Windows was a fascist. Like, just, I think they were talking about Windows 7 or something. So, so, so if, just... if, if that's true, if that's true, if Windows users are fascist, that means that there's, like, 
two billion fascists on the on the planet right now. Like, yeah. first of all, I'm pretty sure like half of those people probably couldn't even spell it. I'm just, I, I mean, <laughs> like I, I, I'm just being honest here. So they a lot of I, people forget. I like the idea of my. There's a C in Sorry. there, okay? There's a C in there somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of like my grandmother like was a fascist because she used Windows like such a great argument. Okay, but yeah, um, back to the topic. Flutter, new Ubuntu installer, it's probably gonna work the same. Um, Sub- haven't checked it out. I am excited to see what you see. Yes, yeah. or Sub- think of subscribe it. because I have so. downloaded the ISO and I'm gonna be testing it and making that video in the next couple days. So it should be it should, it should be interesting because, um. We we always need new installers because it's not like Calamari's isn't like right there and really really good and you guys can just use that. Um, no, we all have to have our own installer. Sorry. Yeah. I'm a, yeah. I'm, I'm a little I'm a little uh, pissed off about it. I'm just just saying, Calamari's <laughs> is really good. Why can't you use it? You can even make it like I mean, you can change the look and feel of it and put in your own features. I mean. Just use calamari's. It's so good. Um, but no. I'm with you there on that one. All right, moving on to the next one. Uh, and this is this one here. It was a shock to me. It was an absolute shock to me because Valve doesn't do sequels. <laughs> like they don't do sequels. Uh, when it comes to their hardware, at least. If you look at all the hardware that Valve has ever released, they've never come out with a version two of anything. Um, so the fact that they're working on a Steam Controller 2 was a shock to me. And uh, apparently they are working on a Steam Controller 2, which gives me hope, Tyler. It gives me hope for a Steam Deck 2. Because if they can do a sequel to this to the Steam Controller, which was an unmitigated flop. Like, nobody bought this thing other than nerds. I mean, it never went mainstream. Yeah. It was pretty good, but it had some really weird ideas. Um if they can, I always want one, but I never ordered one. I feel so bad about it because I feel like I'm the type of person that made it like such a monumental failure. Because like I wanted one, I would have bought one, but I just never pulled the trigger on it. So, and I feel like I I probably would have really enjoyed it if I'd actually gotten one, but. Yeah, I feel like I'm part of the reason I, why it failed I so think much. People, because there's a lot of people like me. People. Like, okay, so when that came out, that was really before the whole PlayStation touchpad thing came out. Like the the the, yeah, the PlayStation yeah. has a like a little touch area on it now, or at least it did like at the PlayStation Four or something. I don't know. Um, but nobody really uses it because they just use it like a regular controller. But they saw they they saw the Steam controller, and at the point that it came out steam wasn't nearly as popular pop pop popular po- as popular fucking words as it is now and it, this was meant to work with steam it probably works with other stuff too but it was meant to work with steam and it had these big giant honking um touchpads on them right and um mm-hmm. really weird design choice also not the way most people expect to interact with a game while using a controller like or playing a game at all like do you know anybody who plays a first person shooter with a trackpad i mean (laughs) can you can you imagine and (laughs) and also what threw a lot of people off was the concave touchpad design like 
that one was just like I know for a lot of people they were like what like because the touch pads were like I mean concaved inwards so like a lot of people just a touch pad like a lot of people don't trust touch pads because like look if we're being honest there's way too many laptops out there with like just utterly terrible touch pads so when you're talking about something that's supposed to like beat an analog stick a touch pad isn't what most people like bring to mind they're like oh perfect well, that, and, touch pad so that, i've always wanted the thing is is like i understand innovation right like we like innovation yeah. we like people trying new things but the 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 controller is a thing that we've pretty much perfected like there's a reason why yeah. both xbox and playstation controllers look and function basically the same yeah they're slightly different you know shapes and you know some people prefer the smaller playstation controller to the larger xbox controller and all this stuff but for the most part, you know, they have regular designs, and you know why? Because we perfected it back at the Game Boy. We like we, we you know, there's a D-pad and there's a, you know, you know, there's buttons, and they're in the basically the same shape, and they've been in the same position forever. You know, yeah, sometimes they've added you know weird features, and they've added triggers over time, uh, but they've basically, I mean, we have the a blueprint for a really good controller, and people got really used to use if you know. There are keyboard and mouse guys when it comes to gaming. There's controller guys. Um, and they don't really cross over all that much. Um, the controller guys like the way the controller works. And changing the way the controller works, probably not going to be uh, something that, that they're all that interested in because they're used to the way the controller works. So, I don't know. Um, but, it, I mean, if we're going to be honest, even though it flopped... A lot of people are starting to get their hands on the deck and pretty much almost nobody is really having major complaints with the, their devices. Like it's most people really enjoy it, um, ex especially especially if you're in the target market for it. Like if, if you're not really a gamer, then a lot of those reviews are still mixed they're not just all bad but they're mixed um but i think with a lot of people like i use fedora says basically what i'm paraphrasing here basically what the steam controller was missing was a steam deck attached to it <laughs> yeah. well i mean no, no like i i think i think with how much people are with how much success the deck is having it, people now have more trust in valve hardware because if we're being honest most people's real like perception around valve hardware is their steam machines. Cause they marketed those so heavily in their valve headset and their VR headset and the VR headsets a thousand dollars. So a lot of people were like, hell no. So most people don't have an idea of valves. hardware also, like, prowess. Like I, I understand so. that that stuff takes time and that, that I mean, Everyone listening to this might not know this, but Valve is actually a very, very, very small company. Mozilla employs more people than Valve does um, by an order of magnitude. <laughs> like, think about that just for a minute. Valve makes games and hardware and actual things. All Mozilla ever does is make a browser, and Mozilla employs more people. Or at least they did. I, I'm, well, I think it's still the same. Well, 
they don't just make a browser. That's all they should do. For you know, <laughs> true. Um, if, if, if you're playing the Linux cast bingo, you can now uh, color off the square <laughs> a bitch about Mozilla. <laughs> it's done. I hope somebody makes that. Please, God, somebody make bingo cards for the show. That would be so awesome. Um, Kick off season seven with bingo cards. That would be great. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, so – the thing about this is surprising, like I said, was that it's it, that they're thinking about making a second one, and it gives me hope for the Steam Deck, but it also kind of gives me hope for the Index because the Index was actually really good when it came out because all VR was expensive at that point. You know, if you went when you when you bought it, it was all of that stuff was you know eight hundred, nine hundred, a thousand dollars. Now you can get the Quest for like what three hundred bucks or something. Um, yeah. It's really freaking cheap. Um, so the index doesn't look nearly as thing. Plus it's also like four or five years old at this point. Um, yeah. so that's the, that's the thing that, about their hardware. That's always bugging. It's like, guys, I understand you're a really small company, but you can't leave hardware languishing there for five years and expect people to continue to buy it. Like you just, yeah. it'd be, it'd be like Apple coming out with a laptop every five years, you know, <laughs> it just, yeah. it wouldn't work all that great. I and mean, Apple tried that. It Apple tried to, <laughs> at, at, at one point to, it didn't work. to only come out with a laptop every once in a while. And, you know, and they still do that with the Mac pro, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just your like business wise, like it makes sense to come out with a new product every year. Like, sure, there's a lot of people that aren't going to buy them, but there's a lot of people that would buy a new product from you, but if you haven't released one in two years, well, I mean, they're not... Even even like, even with a regular, like a just a computer, it, it makes sense because computers really don't, cha- don't change all that much. Yeah, the speed and the memory and stuff get faster, but it still works like a computer. With VR, with the rate of change that VR has seen over the last few years, oh, the, yeah. the fact that their product is still that old... Uh, and they have, yeah. I mean, there's not even rumors of them creating a new one. You know, I mean, it's it's very weird. Yeah. Um, that that is a very good point. VR is like rapidly changing. Like like, like, like that's the thing that you'd expect to see. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna come out with one of those every year. Like, or every even every two years would make sense if because they're a small company. But it's just you know, it's it, it's it's a little odd. So yeah, new Steam controller. Uh, it should be interesting to see if and when that comes out. Um, it should be fun. Well, All right. Excuse me. Moving on to your last one, Tyler. Yeah, and I'll I'll make this one quick. Um, Gnome's File Picker has added a thumbnail view after 18 years. <laughs> I I I want I want everybody to hear that. Previewing your images has taken Gnome 18 years to add. Gnome, thank you. Um. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I I don't have anything to say about this. <laughs> yeah, like I don't I don't think you have to say anything. Like the headline pretty much says it all. Like you got it. I could it I could go on years. I, I could go on a rant about file pickers and asking why we need three different ones. Um, but mm-hmm. I won't do that. I will say, however, that 
depending on what distro you use, depending on what version of Firefox you use, you're going to get a different file picker. And it drives me nuts. Sometimes KDE uses the KDE file picker. Sometimes it uses the GNOME file picker. The fact that it can use both is still kind of cool, but also it's infuriating because you don't know what you're going to get. Um, okay, moving on. <laughs> And it's just it's just a little weird. Um, I think I'm using the GTK uh, portal right now um, because I finally did fix the bug with the um, actual the text box. So, anyways, moving on to the the last one. Uh, that was a, that was a quick one. You're right. That's that was a quickest news item. I tried ever. to make it quick. Um, yeah. All right. So, moving on to the last one. The last one is Pine64 has announced that the Pine Tab 2 is coming next year. And you know, I don't know a single person who actually bought the first one. So. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, but anyways, the, 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 the pine tab tube, the pine tab tube, the pine tab two has been announced. It's going to be using, uh, let's see if I can, I, I saw the, the processor here somewhere. Uh, they've, they've, yeah, they've, RK, RK 3566, I believe. Yeah. It's going to have a 10.1 IPS display with a tempered glass over the top, uh, expected to feature smaller bezels than the OG model, though exactly how small is to be decided. Um, it's going to be powered by a 64-bit, yep, RK3566, um, a modern mid-range quad-core Cortex A55 processor that integrates a, a Mali G5-2 MP2 GPU and supports up to 8 gigabytes of RAM. Uh, the chip runs cool, has fast I.O., and delivers a major performance boost over the Al- Alwinner's A64 SOC that was in the OG. Um... There'll be two variants, one with 8 gigabytes of RAM and 164 gigabytes of uh, eMMC storage, and 4 gigabytes of RAM and 64 gigabytes of storage. Can we, hold on, can, can we, I, like, I understand that this is going to be a very cheap device, but can we just not do 4 gigabytes of of uh, RAM anymore, or and 64 gigabytes of storage? Yeah. Those two things should not exist anymore in this stage. But the, the, well, the thing is, like, I mean, Apple also... does this, Apple and Google do this too, like, like they'll put it 64 gigabytes of something storage into something like that's not enough anymore. Uh, yeah, but I mean e- even more so. Like what's kind of upsetting with this line of tablets for me is we have to be able to get something better than a modern mid-range with quotes. Well, around. I mean, like, okay, it, it, it's Pine 64, so it's gonna be like it's gonna be very. It's meant to be like this thing is gonna cost like 150 dollars. I mean. Maybe two hundred dollars. I, I mean, <laughs> I get that. I genuinely get that. But at the same time, like when you're competing with an iPad, like a used iPad probably has. Like, look, I get it. It's not open source, but also at the same time, if we're talking like raw performance and like most likely, um, like software compatibility, an iPad's going to be better. Um, sadly now, nowadays with stuff like ISH, like you can just emulate a a pure Linux like distro on, on your iPad. So if you have like, if you get an, if you spend an extra like four or $500 on your tablet, you get something that can do all of your Linuxy stuff and more. So it's just like, there's not a big value to these. Uh, okay. So with that I, being said though, I do hope it succeeds. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree with you because you said something there that really bothered me. You said, if you spend four or $500 more, <laughs> um, yeah, if, if you spend four or five, <laughs> if you spend three times the price of what this one's going to cost you, something good is basically what you just said. Um, 
Well, no, you would you would get something that can do a lot. Like, well, look, if I, we're being I, honest, I, mean, I could do the whole podcast off my iPad. Well, I I, like, I, I understand, but that's like saying if you, um, that's like looking looking at somebody who buys a Volvo and say, well, yeah, if you spent ten or twenty thousand dollars more, you could get a you know an Audi. You know, <laughs> technically true, may go faster, um, but also you ten or twenty thousand dollars or more. <laughs> You do have a very, very good point. <laughs> so, uh, um, like, look, um, Linux tablets definitely have not had the greatest thing ever in terms of software compatibility. That's absolutely true. But you can say the same thing about Linux itself, you know. And if if we're gonna if we're gonna yeah. go so far as to say you shouldn't use something because you can't use you know all of your Apple apps or your Adobe apps on it, then Linux wouldn't be around either, and then we wouldn't be talking about this on a podcast. We'd be talking about Windows or Apple or something like that. So no, you no, you do have a very very valid point. Um, I guess like my I guess like the the real thing that like I want to see out of these kinds of tablets is at the very least a version come out that's not cheap. That's like it a print sure it's it's like a lot of money, but it's got the performance to back a premium it up. Like I would one, yeah. really like to see a that. premium one would be interesting, but we tried that with the Jing pad. Um I don't know if you remember this. It's a few years yeah. ago it was called the Jing Pad. First of all, number one mistake, calling it the Jing Pad. Okay. Come up with a good name, yeah. people will buy your shit. Okay. That's the like seriously Half the stuff that fails in, in in terms of hardware is just because you guys have really really bad at naming stuff. Like come up with a good name. Yeah. Um, okay, that that's the first thing. Well, but, but also, yeah, you, you know, it, it didn't get support. I mean, like immediately the support just died like immediately after it came out. So it had some issues. But they tried that, um, and I think that maybe there's a space for it. But it's going to have to. I think. I think the best way to do it is to get a reputation for doing it good cheaply first and then come out with something that's premium. Because the reputation yeah. of Linux hardware right now, at least in terms of, of tablets and stuff like this, in terms of ARM stuff, is not so good. So you have to be able to prove that you can do it in a cheap manner first and get people to buy it. And then if you come out with a premium one, you'll have a, a better reputation where, you, you know, oh, my God, that thing was good cheap. How good is it going to be when it costs $500, you know? So I, I think yeah. I think that that has a, a potential. The, the thing, my biggest problem with this isn't going to be anything really wrong with it. I, I understand going in, you have to have the expectations that this thing, I mean, if you buy a Pinebook Pro, you don't go into the expectation that you're going to be doing, you know, video editing on it. You're going to, you buy that thing to browse the yeah. web, right? Yeah. That's what this thing is for. Um, my biggest issue with it is the storage, right? Like the most storage you can get is 128 gigs right now. And that's just, it's not enough. It's, it's just not enough. So, um, that, that'd be my biggest problem. But I don't know, maybe, maybe, I, I don't see this here in this article. Maybe they have ex expanded storage, in which case, problem that, solved. That's actually what I was looking for. I was looking for if they say they have a micro SD card slot, but I oh no, it it, it is it does say that that it has. All right, well then, okay, thank God. then it doesn't then it doesn't matter all that much because <laughs> you can just buy an SD card and it'll be fine. I was getting worried because I was really looking for it, and it's like. I mean, it's just plopped in a paragraph, so I missed it a few times reading through. So I was like, "Oh my God, does this thing really not have one?" But yeah, with a micro SD card slot, I mean, that's pretty much like where the Steam Deck's at. Like I have, I think I've got the 256 one, which 
is uh, to be honest for something like this, for a tablet that you're mostly just going to be doing internet, like video browsing, that kind of stuff on like yeah. 128 or 256 would be, in my opinion, it'd be pretty much perfect on a device like this. Well, yeah. You've got plenty of space for some, for some movies. 128, sh- 128 should be the minimum. It should be the cheap one. And then 256, yeah. 64 gigabytes. Yeah. 64 gigabytes is yeah. just, it, it's not, it's just, it's not enough. Um, not, not a, well, I mean, if we're being honest, if, if you have, I, I believe if you have four or five, um, like good TV show, like series, like not, maybe not the full series, but a majority of the series. I mean, that's, that's easily closing in on 128 gigs. Oh, so definitely, especially if you're gonna do in 1080p, right. and you know if you're gonna if you're gonna watch it. I mean, you uh, might you might get half of a season, you know, or a full yeah. season depending on you know what show you're watching. Um, so yeah, it's. But things how there's expandable storage, I'm not as upset about as I was. So, um, yeah, so that's the news. Awesome, right? That's mm-hmm. uh, um breaking news is over. No more breaking news. All right, moving on to the last. And it, and it, wait, hold on. I do got to say this. And it was also a good treat to actually be able to argue for a bit and have opposing opinions on a topic. Yeah, that was nice. we do agree an awful <laughs> lot. <laughs> <laughs> so it is it is it is nice to disagree every once in a while so we're, we're, we're not the same person um he's not just like a deep fat <laughs> a deep a skinnier version of me <laughs> okay moving on to the the linux the the, the linux the um, god talking is freaking hard this is right here why we, we're taking a break okay so the last part of the show we come up with a section that we entitled thingies of the week. Of course, it still says apps in the week in the show notes. It's because I'm too lazy to change it in the template. But <laughs> we've called it thingies. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put bets on that it's not fixed for season seven. I'm just betting right it's definitely now. Definitely not be. going to be. <laughs> Anyways, we could have called it any number of things. We were originally obviously gonna call it apps of the week, but then we decided to broaden the things. Other people have done apps of the week. People have done tips, tricks all that stuff software picks of the week i know destination linux call it tips tricks and software picks like they're rhyming geniuses freaking dr seuss a lot of them mm-hmm. anyways uh for us thingies of the week is the thing that we came up with get your mind out of the gutter that's not what we were talking about so tyler your mm-hmm. thingy of the week well i've mentioned it a couple of times but for anybody who wasn't paying attention when i did uh ish if you do have an ipad like a I'm not saying you need like one of the super new ones, but if you've got at least a semi-modern iPad, you should be able to run ISH on it. It's Alpine Linux, a virtual, well, a virtual Alpine Linux install that you can just open up the app and you're plopped straight into your Linux terminal and you can mess around and have fun. Um, I've been enjoying it. It's, it's really fun. Um, it's I don't, I don't think there is a ton of valid use cases where you're using it for like real, real intense development work, but you could definitely. Um, but I don't, I don't see a lot of people running out and buying like a magic keyboard case or like whatever for their iPad, just so they can develop Linux on the go. Like you probably already have a lot. Can you install TUI stuff on it? Like could you, could you access Samba shares and things like that on it? Yeah. I mean, uh, as as far as I know, you can do a surprise. Like I'm not even sure all that you can do with it because it is, it is 
surprisingly not limited. Like I've tried doing a few things that I didn't really think would work on it, but Mm -hmm. it does. So So, I haven't tried running anything graphical on it yet, but I've heard that you can do it. Um, I don't, I would be no, interesting exactly to how that goes. I'd be interested to see what you could install on it and actually interact with it because a lot of now you got to remember I'm not an Apple user and I haven't been for many many years, but from what I remember they're pretty restrictive on what ports the apps can get out of. So it'd be interesting to see if you could actually access a Samba share or if you could SSH into another computer or. You can. I have actually tried that. You can definitely use OpenSSH and SSH into another machine. Uh, then, um, then you can so, basically do anything in it because if you can SSH into yeah, something, uh, you can you can do pretty much anything. Um, it's it's surprisingly it's surprisingly good. Like when I first heard about it, I genuinely didn't even install it because I'm like, oh, this is going to be some BS that like it's going to be super limited and stuff. And I saw somebody. Um, had a blog article where they were talking about doing like some type of like, I think they were working on like some, like they use Nix OS on their machine and they were messing around doing some stuff remotely through ISH on their iPad. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll try it out. And it, I mean, it's, it's pretty fun. Like, I, again, I haven't done a lot with it, but I've played like 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there with it. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Sounds cool. I was actually bored at dinner and tried it. <laughs> so <laughs> I was waiting on my Mexican food to get there. And I was just like, just, I was using the iPad screen, which I'm telling you, touch typing into a Linux terminal feels so unbelievably wrong. Sounds like, weird. To me, not yeah. okay. <laughs> All right, my pick of the week is going to be something that is proprietary. I apologize for that, but um, mine is pCloud. So I, I think I may have used this as a uh, as a thingy of the week in the past, but I don't really remember. So I'm doing it again. Uh, I've been for months now trying to find a good way to back up my system. Now I never have had the aspirations of backing up all of my media files because I have like four terabytes worth of videos and music and stuff like that. All that stuff I'm I'm fine with not backing up. If I lose it, not that big of a deal. I just wanted to make sure all my pictures, tax documents, you know, writing and stuff like that is backed up. Um, so yeah. I've been searching through stuff and there's many, 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 many different options out there. Some of it is cheaper than what, the way I went. Some of it is harder and easier things. But anyways, I decided to go with pCloud uh, for multiple reasons one you get two terabytes for a hundred dollars a year you can also buy a lifetime plan for like 350 dollars. i didn't do that yet i may do that next time um my biggest problem with a lifetime plan is like eh, what does lifetime really mean you know what i mean <laughs> like pcloud has been around for a very long time so i'm not worried about them going out of business but i'm also not you know i don't know lifetime the, the whole lifetime things always kind of worried me a little bit also 350 dollars Seems to be quite a lot of money to play for storage, even though it would be significantly cheaper if you're going to stick with it for a while. So I may end up doing that. Um, but anyways, I got the two terabyte plan. They also offer up like 10 terabyte plans if you wanted to do that. Um, so if you have a lot of stuff, you could do that. And um, it works really well with Linux, even though it comes in an, in an app image form, it installs fine. And uh, which is a first for me when it comes to app images. Like you click on it and it just it shows up in Rofi. It worked really well for me. Um I haven't been able to get it That's to, awesome. I haven't been able to get it to auto start yet. Um so I have to open it up. Uh, speaking of that I should do it now. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I have to type it in and open it up by myself every time. But um 
yeah, it's a uh, it, it's it's good and like I said, it works really well on Linux. Uh, the one thing I will caution you, and this is not going to be for everybody, is that if you want encryption and end encryption, you have to pay extra. So that's 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 not great. I don't I don't really prefer that at all. But I did I just you know whatever I just bought the lifetime version of the encryption. So um, yeah, it, I am with you. Like from a cheap perspective, I don't I don't want to pay for end to end encryption. But also at the same time, that does kind of give me a little bit of security because if I'm paying for it, I know they're actually doing it. Yeah. It's not just something that they like promised and like it's not actually there. Well, I mean, if, like, if it was just like my writing stuff and you know my pictures and stuff like that, I don't, I don't, you know, if somebody wants to hack and, and see see my family Christmas photos, I mean, have at it. But I'm putting my, <laughs> I'm putting tax documents up there. It needs to be encrypted. So, um, yeah. yeah. Anything else I wouldn't care about this to add. Um, what I'm not, sh- what I haven't decided yet is whether or not I'm going to back up all of my YouTube videos and the related raw files up there or not. That would eat up the two terabytes really fast. So, um, no. I want, because I want to be able to keep all that stuff. And I've had, I, I, I've learned my lesson that external hard drives are not um reliable whatsoever yep um so um yeah i haven't decided whether i'm gonna put those up there and i know other people say use borg backup josh is saying that in the chat but i just haven't got to that yet i know that you can use like rsync to do that and it it seems like a nerd thing to do so maybe eventually i'll look into that but as of right now pcloud is the thing that i'm using so that is it for this video that is it for season six of the linux cast season six just geez of geez of we made it to season six we've made it through season six 36 episodes of uh the the podcast this year which is i believe one more than last year or one fewer than last year not sure um basically around the same that we did last year anyway so that is it for this time uh we will be like i said we'll be Every year, every time at the end of the episode, I f- completely forget how to talk. Um, we'll be back in January uh, with Season 7, continuing on as we have been. We're going to string some episodes together right at the beginning of the year. That way, if we decide to take some time off later in the year, we have some kind of, you know, in a string of, of uh, you know, a, a, a streak, if you will. Anyways, so before we go... Patreon.com slash LinuxCast if you want to support me on Patreon. Thanks to everybody who does support me on Patreon. You guys are all absolutely amazing. Uh, thank you for your support so very, very much. Uh, if uh, I believe we'll be keeping the same streaming schedule in the new year as we do right now. We haven't really talked about that, but if, I'm assuming Fridays around 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time is usually where we go, and we'll probably stick to that. Um, so if you want to watch live, uh, youtube.com slash linuxcast hit the subscribe button we'll see you next time thanks for watching hope everybody has a fantastic holiday season see ya boy